Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat here on Monday, not Sunday, because Sunday was Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone, if you celebrate. Today is Boxing Day, December 26th, Monday, and we were doing the Sunday show on a Monday. This is episode 471. My name is Jake Jabberilli with my co-host here, Blockchain John. How's it going, John? Hello, good, good, good. Just uh, hanging out in the room because it's raining outside. <laughs> when do you do the podcast outside, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, actually in the summertime, I don't mind going to the backyard from time to time, sitting out there on the, on the tables. Yeah. <laughs> All that extra uh, uh, local noise of people playing in the backyard or birds chirping at each other, mowing the lawn. The, uh, mowing the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The drones flying over, capturing what you're doing. Hey, dude, get out of my yard. <laughs> I know you can hear me. Anyways, uh, we got uh, three articles today that are kind of more reader articles and three that we'll be talking about in general. So we're going to get on to This Week in Coins. Uh, lead off here, John. This is Tim Huckey, This Week in Coins. Bitcoin Ethereum sees modest gains heading into Christmas. That's a good thing, actually, right? Yeah. Let's see what's going on here. The crypto market is limping into the new year, but the week heading into Christmas brought very modest gains from the two leading coins. As of Saturday morning, BTC, Bitcoin, is up nearly 1% over the past seven days, and Ethereum is up nearly 4% according to coin market cap data. The top mean coin, Dogecoin, faced notably heavier losses this week. The value of the Dogecoin is 8.8% down lower than it was this time last week, and it currently trades for 0.07 cents. Dogecoin's popularity warned, uh, waned this week's when the cryptocurrency number one fan, Twitter slash Tesla CEO Elon Musk, tweeted a poll asking whether he should step down from Twitter. The majority of respondents, some 10 million people, voted yes. Much yikes. Very ouch. <laughs> Double digits percentage losses were felt by holders of Solana, which crashed 15% to 11 dollars and 86 cents cardano dropped 13 percent to 25 cents polka dot sank 14 percent to four dollars and 47 cents avalanche fell 10 percent to eleven dollars and 78 cents and quaint dropped 12 percent to 105 dollars quaint quaint is it quant or quaint i don't know quant. it's quant yeah sorry. i thought you said quaint okay <laughs> i did say quaint oh, okay okay i wasn't sure what i heard classic uniswap and litecoin polygon all posted some of the losses of around nine percent Finally, there were whispers in Washington this week that the FTS, FTX debacle could spell the end of the centralized crypto exchanges. Yes, the SEC has escalated its assault on the crypto industry via the investigation. The agency is targeting FTX bigwigs for security frauds by labeling the exchange's native token FTT as a security. It's a subtle semantic shift implying the SEC now views the token as a security in itself regardless of how it was marketed to consumers. Without another year to close, with, with another year about to close, it's worth zooming out to, and considering whether 2022 fits into the crypto narrative. It was another roller coaster year, but unlike the heady peaks of 2021, this was most certainly a painful uh, Trial, trial for everyone in the industry and some way or another. Bitcoin more than halved over the course of the year, though still uh, there's still a week left for the miracle to happen. While Ethereum depreciated by a factor of three, such heavy losses among the two markets leaders obviously didn't bode well for a wider market either. But this was a year in which the industry needed to learn important lessons and learn them it did. The, through a tried and tested ancient method 
earlier. <laughs> Central to the 2022 bear run were the historic collapses of the Tower ecosystem, both Luna and its algorithmic stablecoin UST and the centralized FTX exchange. The contagion from both events spread far across the industry, bankrupting many firms and providing us with the case studies in what not to do. Interestingly, Bitcoin's popularity among retail investors, regular Joes as opposed to institutional investors like Tesla and MicroStrategy exponentially grew over the course of the year. In 2020, just 12% of the total supply was in the people's hands. But by now, that figure has blown up to a little over 70% in all-time high proportions. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's it. That was quick. Yeah, it was not, not, not a long article. It was interesting to points that were made regarding the coins obviously we get kind of the news update as we always do what's going what's doing well was not doing so well but uh the furthermore on terra and kind of the furthermore on bitcoin is that despite this is the thing i thought was really funny i read this was it yesterday or it was either christmas day or new Year's or christmas eve that despite how much Bitcoin is down. Of course, it's always by the dip, right? Um, mm -hmm. But the dip has been down. It's it's still down, right? It's not like it's dipping further. It's right. it's it's down where it's going to be for a while, and it's been hanging out, you know, below twenty grand for quite a while now. And yet, investment in Bitcoin hasn't really waned. I mean, it's it's not as much as it was a year ago, but it's still pretty pretty good. I don't feel like people are saying, well, maybe altcoins aren't the way we should go with Bitcoin because it's the one that's you know still worth a lot of money. And still seems to hold its value even when the huge crash comes. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm still not. I do hold a tiny amount of Bitcoin, but it, it's. It just doesn't feel like the best. It. It's not the best project. It's a great place for a store of value, and I will not deny that. But I. I don't believe it as a place for good trade. Yet, maybe. Uh, all right, so we have another article here, which is not exactly explicitly about coins and how what's happening in Twitter, but more or less what's the exploits, <laughs> sadly, and hacks of 2020 were. Last year was bad. Well, 2022 was much worse. The biggest year for hacking yet. Can't wait to see what, what happens in 2023, right? <laughs> Blockchain analysis firm Chainalysis said... 2022 was the biggest year ever in terms of the number of crypto projects hit with attacks. There's also a lot more money involved in everything, um, although 2022 itself lost a lot of money. And that was in October. It certainly felt like it. Here's Chainalysis' tweet. After four hacks yesterday, October is now the biggest month in the biggest year activity a year ever for hacking activity with more than half of the month still to go. So far this month, $718 million has gone out the door. Just... The hacks highlighted here add up to an enormous $2.2 billion, and these hacks represent only a small portion of the total attacks observed in, what, in 2023? I think they mean 2022. Um, the seeming lack of security this year has made an already brutal bear market, even though tougher for many. Chanalysis tells Decrypt that a full count of the year will be included in the wrap-up report next year. Figures in this piece represent the value of the funds at the time of the incident. So, FTX, $650 million, which is this is a hack. We're not talking about the, the downfall. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's been mm -hmm. the it's biggest crypto event and arguably the biggest story of 2022. So, for popular digital asset exchange, FTX spectacularly collapsed, losing billions of dollars worth of funds, roughly $30 billion. 
It filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy November 12th, but that wasn't the end of its woes. The Celebrity Endorsement Exchange was, what did you say, pardon? This is where it gets a little suspicious, but yeah. continue on. Yeah, was then hit by a mystery attack. Zach XPT mm. says, two more ETH wallets, and he lists those two wallet names and then shows the values. Uh, as a precaution, do not update or touch your FTX account for the time being until there is further clarity. Update available. Sure, don't do that. Several wallets allegedly belonging to FTX were drained of $640 million in tokens. The ton funds were then moved around to other exchanges and converted into different cryptocurrencies. And it is still isn't clear who stole the assets. At Crypt Collapsed Exchange's first court hearing, counsel to FTX new management, James Bromley, said that a substantial amount of the exchange's assets were, are missing or have been stolen. So that's just the first thing. Two, Binance, Binance Smart Chain, $566 million. Hackers hit a blockchain associated with the world's biggest crypto exchange on October 6th, making away with $566 million in BNB. The exploit targeted the cross-chain bridge BSC tub token. I just said tub token. I said hub token, sorry. Token hub. <laughs> I completely said that backwards. Hackers essentially conjured tokens out of nothing using artificial withdrawal proofs. No users on of Binance or its blockchain lost actual funds in this attack, though. Despite the huge amount of tokens pinched, the criminals weren't able to pocket them at all. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Pocket all of them, to be more clear. Binance CEO CZ said they were able to prevent around 80 to 90% of the target funds from being taken by the hacker. That's good. That's really good. That's very impressive that CZ was able to do that with, through Binance. This is because the Binance Smart Chain chain validators froze the network following the attack, mm -hmm. but hackers mm -hmm. did manage to remove about $100 million in funds to other chains. So, third, Ronin, $552 million. Not a whole lot of difference from the Binance chain, although remember, Binance guys didn't get right with most of it. Hackers hit Ronin, a side chain of the popular NFT game Axie Infinity, in March, pinching an estimated $552 million in Ethereum and USDC. When the exploit was disclosed by Axie Infinity, developers Sky Mavis one week later, the value of the funds had risen to $622 million. Okay. How did they do this? By using hacked private keys <laughs> to forge transactions and claim the funds. Really? I didn't know you could hack private keys. That's sad. The funds were laundered quickly, as they typically are in hacks. Around $7 million in Ethereum sent to cryptocurrency mixing service Tornado Cash, now banned by the U.S. government. U.S. Treasury later identified wallet addresses allegedly tied to North Korea's Lazarus hacking group in the attack. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, half a billion dollars went out the door over to North the Korea. Koreans. Yeah. Like, they do need the money. I mean, they are very isolated over there. <laughs> Number four, wormhole. $326 million. Decentralized finance protocols got hit hard this year. DeFi is the catch-all term for apps that automate things banks and brokerages normally do, and they are all still new and experimental. This means security is an issue, particularly with bridges, which allow users to transfer funds between chains. In February, the popular bridge Wormhole got hit with an exploit. It's interesting how it's called Wormhole. Hackers targeted its leg on Solana, where users must first lock Ethereum into a smart contract to get an equivalent amount in wrapped Ethereum, or WETH. I know people call it WETH, but I, I think that's weird. Uh, to mint tokens, 120,000 WETH tokens, to be exact, at the time, this was about $326 million. WETH is token pegged to the price of Ethereum, a one-to-one -one basis useful for DeFi world moving around funds quickly. 
Jump Trading, Wormholt's parent company and a major player in the Solana ecosystem, was able to step in and save the day by replacing what was stolen and getting the bridge up and running again. Yay, yay, Jump Trading. Thank you very much for shoring that up. <laughs> so number five, Nomad, $190 million. Another bridge got hit in August. This is going back a bit, or forward a bit from March. Uh, Nomad, which lets users move digital assets between different blockchains, lost all of its funds held in Ethereum, USDC, DAI, FXS, and CQT after hackers took advantage of a bug in the upgrade. Yeah, you need to play test before you roll out. Here's what Nomad said. Join the discussion by hopping our Discord. Check out the last three things here. Nomad team is steadily working towards recovering the funds wanted to recap the three things of the community can do to help. After those behind the protocol offered 10% reward to the hackers to, who returned the tokens without enforcement, law enforcement funds started to trickle back in. Uh, $22 million was recovered, from, but the attack prompted the FDI to warn investors about how cyber criminals were eyeing up the vulnerability of the vulnerable DeFi platform like never before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It, I'm sure it really sucks for a, for a, CISA or a DevOps kind of person who's doing this kind of work to roll through a patch only to have it hacked and have all the money stolen. It yeah, really makes yeah, your job look bad. <laughs> it's, yeah, but it, it's it's not that easy to make these kind of DeFi projects because it, there it's literally millions of lines of code and it all, all it takes is just one line of code to be messed up that someone can just get into it, you know? I don't know if it's always millions. It depends on the contract because some of the contracts I looked at are pretty simple. I mean, they could be, you know, 200 lines at the most. Mm. Um. So a smart contract does not have to be complicated. Uh, and that's why I say with those, remember we were talking about PooCoin and the, and the, the, the coins out there are just honeypots? Yeah. Those contracts are very simple. They're not complicated. So it, it doesn't have to be millions of lines of code. You know, even, I'm not even sure Microsoft Windows is millions of lines of code. But, um, well, maybe it is. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100. Someone's going to call me out on that. But, <laughs> uh Smart contracts are not don't have to be super complicated. The, the, the problem really comes down to not really comprehending or understanding how the code works. And uh, I can I can make, make claim to that because I personally have written code and have personally made errors. And the biggest error I've seen people make is injection code errors, where a person injects code into your lines of code on your on your website or and and basically makes a call to your database that you never intended to be possible you know the people who really understand this stuff are going to be able to do that you have to make sure you dot all your i's and cross all your dang t's before you you roll this out so yeah it sucks a lot of money went out the door but that's what happens when you don't when you when you're wowed by dollar signs or whatever so all right, next article, once again from Decrypt.co. Sam Beckman fried released to parents' Palo Alto home, which is pretty much my backyard. Wait, 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 wait what? That's bond. not the article. That's not the one I have. Which one do you have? I have the Sam Beckman fried sent home on $250 million bail. Oh. That's what it says in our notes. Oh. Isn't that what it says in the commentary? Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, we could talk about it. I just didn't see that, so. You're facing that now. Hey, what, what? Number three, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, Sam Bankman Freed released to parents Palo Alto home on $250 million bond. Released to home? Where, where does it say that? Where does it say? Oh, you're saying it's in the name. Okay, I was reading the, the title. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Why did they change that? <laughs> it screwed me up. Uh, All right. okay, okay, okay. The, the, the title is Who Will Pay Sam Bankman Freed's Quarter Million Dollar Bond? Billion Dollar Bond. But the name in the in the article or the the you're no you're you're not why do I no what what am I seeing here what am I seeing here God what am I seeing All right somehow I have the wrong article even though I th I thought I copied and pasted it All right my I was wrong you're right moving on Okay uh, let's see here All right so basically uh, Sam Bankman-Fried has been released on bond. On $250 million. Hmm, that's a lot of money, man. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Nice. He, he enjoyed Christmas with his family uh, in Palo Alto, which is which is nice. You know, so he's going to be around family instead of being locked up you know, for being a criminal and scamming people. You know? uh, yeah, huh. he's, uh, let's see, there was an art. Where's that little part at here? Yeah, it's, uh, ex okay. FTX CEO Sam Fried will get to spend Christmas with his family after federal judges approve a historic $250 million bond at its first U.S. court appearance, according to the reporter live tweeting from the courtroom. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how that happened. That should not have happened, but it is what it is. Like, uh, like it said here, it is historic. I've never heard such a thing ever happening, $250 million bond. Which company is actually doing that? Who's Who's... Who's bailing him out is the question, right? Right, Jake? Well, I mean, it, it, they released him to his parents' house. Does that mean his parents put up the money? No, not necessarily. Anybody can do it. You know? as, long as, as long as the company gets that. that That's the reason I, we were talking about this pre-show. I was like, was it Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful? Was he, would he mm. be willing to put up a you know 10% payment to a, a bail? I mean, and on top of that, what bail bond company has a quarter billion dollars just sitting around to pay the court? You know? <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy if CZ was the one that uh, that bailed him out? I guess. Um, this is the thing that's funny is is technically not the largest bail ever made. I just I just ran through just to look up what was the highest bails ever ever amounted or ever ever asked. Michael uh, Milken was also a quarter billion, but Kim Freeman and Robert Durst were both billion dollar bonds or billion dollar plus bonds. Kim Freeman, uh, what was it 2010, and uh, doesn't give a date for this three billion. Oh, 2003, Robert Durst, three billion dollars. That's just crazy. I mean, we we're looking at this quarter billion dollar bond, going this, you know, Sam Bankman was put out on this bond, so he wouldn't, you know, skip out on on it. They lose it, but I mean, this man was in charge of roughly 120 times that value. Mm. So. It doesn't seem like that much money when you, when you talk about how much money he was in charge with previously. <laughs> yeah. so just to recap, SBF, the reason uh, he ended up in prison or in jail was because uh, he was commingling funds from Alameda and FTX and ended up becoming insolvent. And, uh, yeah, they fi filed Chapter 11 with FTX. And he was caught uh, or he was he was um, um, not charged. Well, I guess charged with uh, with. Um, Conspiracy was a conspiracy to launder. Is it on here? Conspiracy yep. to launder, um, and a bunch of other things. I forgot exactly what they were. 
Uh, but anyways, he also donated a bunch of funds to a bunch of uh, political campaigns. And I guess, would you say private organizations as well? Possibly. I we don't know all the details yet. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So anyways, uh, uh, John, uh, John, what is it? John Ray the Third stepped in and is trying to fix the uh, the, the 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 catastrophe. I mean, it, it, the way he's saying it, it is insanity what he's doing there. What him and his team are trying to figure out the numbers ins and outs it is it's it's crazy and, and thus the reason why they ended up having to shut down ftx us which spf supposedly said or he did say on the record that, that not on the on, on the uh, he said he said on twitter spaces that uh uh ftx us was was uh was liquid and they were able to you know uh withdraw all the funds but after they filed Chapter 11, of course, John Ray III says, you know what, we're stopping everything because there was a lot of uh, mismanagement with funds, and we don't know if the funds that are currently sitting on FTX US is part of FTX International, and that's where a lot of, a lot of uh, chaos is coming into play because they don't know where this money went because there was no data tracking. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's, that's I feel sorry for the man. Hopefully he's getting paid a lot of money for that. Probably uh, is. That's, 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 that's a job. Um, I don't know if that's ever going to be solved anytime soon. It's going to probably take years down the road. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. He's he's out on bail. Yeah, so he is out on bail, and it is interesting to see. Obviously, this, the article, not so much talking about all the other details. And we've been talking. I'm sure we'll be covering this for a long time. I wouldn't be I would be surprised if all this is taken care of within two years. So we're going to have a lot more news coming up on Sam Bankman, although he may fall out of the news in the sense that we're not talking about him on a weekly basis. Um, we're all going to be giving updates every few months when something actually happens, but um, yeah, it's it is. I don't know. Let, let me put it in perspective. Elon Musk paid forty-four billion dollars for Twitter, right? The entire value of of uh, FTX was roughly thirty billion. So Elon Musk could have, if he still had the money, and he probably does to some degree, um, paid to buy out the entirety of FTX. Um, but yeah, Twitter was purchased for almost 50% more than the entire value of money that Sam Bankman Free was in charge of. So even though $30 billion is still quite a big chunk, large chunk of change, it's not hundreds of billions of dollars and it's not uh, Twitter. <laughs> so let's talk about someone else who thinks he, there's some big person in crypto a real satoshi <laughs> all right so uh is craig wright campaign or craig Wright's campaign rather to convince the world that he has invented bitcoin over yet mm. so uh craig wright australian computer scientist has claimed for years to be satoshi nakamoto uh, satoshi nakamoto pardon me the pseudonymous pseudonymous synonymous uh, creator of bitcoin he even had a ridiculously long lawsuit over this, which he actually lost, if you don't remember. Um, I'm going to read a tweet of his. It does not matter if you like me. The goal of what I am doing is simple. Global micropayments. One day people will understand, not because it is inevitable, but because I will not give up on that goal and vision. We shall start to tip this start. We shall start this to scale in 2023 millions of TPS first. So he continues on with that tweet. But basically, he may not have won his lawsuit in the sense that, that he is Satoshi, 
but that doesn't mean he's going to stop trying to be Satoshi. <laughs> yeah. So backtrack, who is Craig Wright? Craig Wright is I, I ended up as a random person uh, on the crypto space around what was it, 2015, uh, with the Wired magazine saying that uh, he was the inventor of, of Bitcoin, mm -hmm. and pretty much from there he, uh, he he's stating that he has proof that uh, he released the 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 beta before uh, or released code before uh, before the Satoshi came out in in 2009, release, releasing uh, Bitcoin. Yep. And he's been fighting it since since 2015, every single day. Every time he goes to co conventions, conferences, everyone kind of mocks him, hates him. Um, at least, at least from my perspective, at least the people that I'm following, I, maybe there's a lot. There maybe he does have a vast amount of followers on his side. I don't know. I don't see that side. Uh, just because, like we were saying off air, he's he he comes off really. Um, what's the word? Um, Egotistical, <laughs> boisterous. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. king of the world and, and mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's not it's not good it's not a good move uh but then again uh you know there there is some uh some verbiage if that's the way you want to put it uh from satoshi's quotes that sort of resembles you know craig wright's uh, uh um verbiage mm -hmm. you know that's hmm hmm for example, um, I'm just gonna pull this up. Um, let me see. Give me one second here. This random. Um, Satoshi. Let's see this. Images. Yeah. If you don't believe me or don't get it, I don't have time to try to convince you. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's like. That's that like... sounds like Craig. <laughs> you asked me. That sounds like Craig. I guess anybody could sound that way. Anybody could have read those quotes and made themselves sound like that. But Craig hasn't really changed the demeanor all these all these years. I, I know. Well, he obviously believes himself to be who he thinks he is, mm. and maybe he is. I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm I'm vouching. No, if anything, I'm going to vouch for. Uh, I would love to. To see that uh, Andreas Antonopoulos is, is the real Satoshi Nakamoto, obviously he isn't. He's not even gonna vouch for that. He's not even gonna try to back that up. He's not. He's not doing that. But to me, like Andreas is like the one Bitcoin maxi that that's that's very pure-hearted, and that's something that I would like to see uh, Bitcoin really become. You know. Well, all right. Awesome. Let's let's put it this way: the man can. Uh, prove to us that he is Satoshi Nakamoto by taking the original post and showing that he, he you know, like some other content that he wrote prior to the original posting of the Satoshi Nakamoto post to the forums. So like if you had it documented and printed like before that, I, I don't, I, I imagine that the person who synonymously wrote this to the original forums, um, it obviously had to be a real person, right? It, it could have been written by multiple people, but I have a feeling it was written by just one person. And, in that case, that one person, assuming they're still alive, knows who they are. <laughs> if that, in fact, is Craig Wright, then he would be able to produce some proof that he was the one. Like, show us the IP from which it was posted, right? They still got that information. Show us that, you know. <laughs> There's, there, there is a way to find it out and not just because you say you are. You know, you can, you can provide documented proof that you are who you say you are. And then 
you know, show us that you have the, the private keys to the original hundred million um, uh, tokens, and then we'll believe you. But if you can't do that, so eh. So now, at this point, Dr. Craig Wright says, I don't give a damn what you think. I'm not trying to convince anybody else. I'm done with it. I'm moving on with my life. All right. Should definitely do that. So, so this, yeah. So this is, I, I guess we can call this the end of Craig Wright. Yeah, could be. Well, I mean, not him. He's just, he's just not, he's going to stop barking about it quite so much. Yeah. And this is, this is, this, I just want to make one more point about this. This is what, okay. um, for those who are hearing this podcast finally, not, not tomorrow and not the day after tomorrow, but maybe two or f two to five years from now, when you're like, wow, they talked about this. And they, maybe, maybe the person listening to this is going, uh, you know, I just discovered Bitcoin. Now that it's $120,000 a coin, I'm, I'm making this, having no idea where it will be in five years. Um, but let's say, and you're finally hearing this and going, this is what we've been saying all along. John's been preaching it almost since it came out, right? You joined us in what, 2011? Yeah. Bitcoin? Yeah. I joined in 2014. I have spent eight years and John spent 10, almost, well, no, 11 years uh, preaching crypto. And we've, we just resigned ourselves to say, hey, you know what, we're going to, we're just going to do our thing. We're going to make our podcast and we're going to talk all we can about crypto. And we don't really care if you don't believe us because we're not interested in the people who aren't in, aren't believers. We're interested in those people who are believers. If you're a believer, great. Thank you for listening to our show. <laughs> So, moving on. Uh, what is it? The Santas and Grinches? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the heroes and villains of 2022. Let's do it. Yeah. So, this is more of a read than a... Uh, yeah. Than a discussion, yeah. although we will discuss a bit afterwards. Right. You get to do this one, don't you? Oh, um, I guess, yeah. Okay. This is uh, from an outside perspective. 2022 has been on a roller coaster ride for crypto. The market reached a total valuation of three trillion dollars during the bull bull market of 2021, only to scale back to its current level of around 810 billion dollars. While this poor performance can be partly attributed to the pervading macroeconomic environment, compounded by the rising inflation rate and the ongoing Ukrainian-Russian conflict, among other factors. One cannot deny the role that the recent slew of insolvency <clears throat> has had on the sector. That said, below is a list of arguably the most notable heroes and villains who have undeniably impacted this rapidly evolving industry over the past year. All right, we're going to start off with the heroes. Shang Peng Zhao is the first one. At the time of writing, at, at, at a time when some of the biggest players in crypto crumbled, Shengpeng Zhao, also known as CZ, ensured that his Binance crypto exchange held its own, even playing a role in the collapse of its own, of its closest rival FTX. CZ has refused to tie down the crypto exchange to the regulatory framework of one of the, uh, uh, of one country or several. As a result, the government across the globe aren't too big on Binance's approach and repeatedly pressure the exchange with regulatory requests. However, despite the uh, continued stress, Binance has grown in influence and stature. Amid a harsh crypto winter when staff layoffs were commonplace, CZ claims to have not made any major layoffs, with the exchange even looking to hire more people in the near term. Uh, 
And there's a tweet from ZZ. Full disclosure, Binance never shorted FTT. We still have a bag as uh, a bag of as we stopped selling FTT after SBF called me. Very expensive call. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Lastly, CZ Digital's presence has grown over the past year with a worldwide Twitter following of more than eight million. Uh, of more than eight million. Moreover, the Canadian entrepreneur recently announced that it has invested a whopping five hundred million dollars in Twitter. Wow. Next, we have Brian Armstrong. It's been up and down year. It's been an up and down year for Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong with the firm laying off several employees while experiencing a significant drop in the stock price. However, despite the setback, he has continued to keep his chin up. All through the year, Armstrong has been a vocal critic of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission and its chairman, Gary Gensler, claiming the SEC has stifled innovation by forcing crypto entities to adhere to extreme reporting requirements. He was also critical of the sanctions of Tornado Cash's smart contract addresses by the United States Department of Treasury, pledging to fund a lawsuit to uh, to annul the government's action. Annul. Annul. Annul, yes. Annul. Annul. Armstrong's commitment to decentralization and transparency was once again on full display earlier this year when he announced that Coinbase would rather halt its Ether stake in services than censor sanctions Ethereum transaction. All right, next on the list, we have Senator Cynthia Loomis and Kristen Gillibrand. Kirsten. While some of the... Huh? Kirsten. Uh, Christ, uh, Kirsten. Kirsten yeah. Gillibrand. While some of the lawmakers remain uh, oblivious toward the crypto market, Senator Cynthia Loomis and Kirsten Gillibrand have taken the time to understand the true financial and social potential of this rapid maturing technology. Earlier this year, the pro-crypto duo tabled a bill called the Loomis-Gillibrand uh, a responsible financial innovation act proposing a comprehensive framework for the government governance of digital currencies <coughs> the bill was put forth in response to the sec's lack of clarity in the space and segregates cryptocurrencies into three categories commodities securities and ancillary ancillary ancillaries assets yep the bill notes the cryptocurrency cat uh, categorized and commodities should be regulated by the, the Commodity Futures Trade Commission with the SEC responsible for securities and ancillaries assets. <laughs> Big words here. <laughs> All right. Next on the list, we have Representative Tom Emmer. Representative Tom Emmer is another voice who relayed strong support for the crypto industry this past year. Recently, the politician pointed to the SEC Chair Gary Gensler's crypto oversight strategy, calling it indiscriminate and inconsistent. Moreover, he revealed that since January, he has been approached by the head of several prominent crypto entities who have complained to him that Gensler's reporting requirements are onerous and unfair, calling them unnecessary and biased against the crypto market. Mm -hmm. In a recent tweet, Emmer called for Gensler to testify before Congress and explained his uh, his criticized regulatory approach. He also added that he, Gensler, decided declined to provide Congress with the information requested in the letter, which would have informed Congress of the apparent inconsistencies in Gensler's approach that caused him to miss Terra slash Luna, Celsius, Voyager, and FTX. Wow. How is he here then? You know, Gensler should be on the on the uh, on the villain side, right? 
Exactly. The, uh, well, this is Tom Ever, not not uh, Gensler, but uh, yeah. right, 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 right. Uh, the entire the entire Ethereum core development team. After years of delay, Ethereum's highly anticipated transition to proof of stake consensus layer to finally came, layer finally came to fruition earlier this year, known as the merge. It was the first time a project of Ethereum's size successfully completed a technical maneuver of this scale, and it was massive. More than 100 developers worked on making the network's transition from the energy-intensive proof-of-work consensus layer to proof-of-stake to a seamless reality, and it was pretty seamless. There's a couple, little couple hiccups here and there, with, uh, but that's more. Yeah, that's that's not a big deal. Yeah. All right, the villains. We do have some villains this year. And the first one is Sam Bankman-Fried. <gasps> it's no surprise to see this name on the list. Sam Bankman-Fried, the former FTX CEO who was recently at the helm of one of the largest crypto collapses in recent memory. It is alleged that the MIT graduate was unaware of the inner workings of the relationship between FTX and Alameda Research, a sister company helmed by his close associate, Caroline Ellison. Since his arrest by Bohemian authorities on De- December 12th, Bankman-Fried's future is unclear. Many huh. people would like to see him and close uh, uh, would like to see him and close associates like Sam Trabuco, Gary Wang, Constance Wang, and Nishad Singh punished for their alleged crimes. Bankman-Fried was extradited to the United States on December 22nd to release uh, and released on a $250 million bail bond. That's crazy. Many mm-hmm. pundits have continued to speculate on his future and whether SPF will now be spending the rest of his days in jail, quite possibly with many of his close associates. <laughs> Maybe not in the same is, jail, but yeah. Right. In jail. My, my prediction is yes. yes. Generally I'm in sure jail somewhere, be, yeah. I'm sure that once the fuck concludes, they'll be pretty much done for. Yeah, you, you better have right. had a lot of fun when you're when you were having fun because you ain't gonna be having it for you may have a lot more time not having fun. <laughs> you know what he's doing? He's over there trying to get those private keys to uh, the quote unquote hacked. Um, you're right. He's keys. trying to he's trying to make sure his private keys stay somewhere he can get to them when he gets out later on. He ain't getting out. Next on the list, we have Do Kwan. Another person on the list is Do Kwan, co-founder of Terra, a blockchain platform designed to make payments more efficient. Upon its launch, Terra's algorithmic stablecoin, Terra USD, or UST, attracted 40 million users when the project raised $32 million from investors, including Arrington, XRP Capital, and Polychain Capital. It also won support from mainstream companies like Korean T- uh, Ticketing firm Ticket Monster and travel operator Yan Yanolja. Following Terra's collapse, a whopping $45 billion of capital was wiped from the crypto market within several days. It is estimated that the, ca- that the crash affected more than 200,000 South Korean investors, leading several groups to file a class action lawsuit against Kwan. The South Korean government recently revealed that it is pursuing criminal charges against Kwan, with similar lawsuits filed against him in the United States and Singapore. And here's a tweet from Quan. I don't even know if I should read it. Uh, nah, I'll skip it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, in September, the, so- the Seoul Southern District Prosecutor's Office announced that it had started proceeding to proceedings to revoke Quan's passport while placing his name on Interpol's red notice list. Despite the gravity of the situation, the Terra co-founder seems to be on uh, to be making little to no effort to hide from authorities. Suzu and Kyle Davis is next on the list for billions. 
Three Arrows Capital was founded in 2012 by Suzu and Kyle Davies before its collapse. It reportedly had $18 billion in asset in March. Blockchain analytics firm Nansen suggested that 3AC managed about $10 billion in crypto alone. However, speculations about uncollateralized borrowing emerged as early as Q1 2022. Before the fall from the grace, Davies and Sue had become well-known names in the crypto space. With Sue amassing more than 500,000 Twitter followers, 3AC had its stakes in several popular projects including Aave, Avalanche, Luna, Deribit, and Ethereum. As of July 2022, the crypto hedge fund's bankruptcy filing shows the firm owes $3.5 billion in creditors' claims. Lastly, it should be noted that throughout 2021 and 2022, Sue and Davies lost more than $3 billion, putting 3AC's collapse on the list of the most significant hedge fund trading losses of all time. Well, at the time, yeah. <laughs> Sam Bigman Fried's is bigger than that. <laughs> yep. Next on the list of villains is Alex Mashensky. Alex Mashensky is the founder of the former CEO of and, and former CEO of Celsius Network, which was one of the largest crypto leading platforms in the world. In June, Celsius abruptly froze customers' withdrawals, swaps, and transfers, citing clients safely and extreme volatility. Shortly after, the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, revealing a $1.2 billion hole in its accounts. At the time of its downfall, Celsius had $4.3 billion in assets with losses estimated at $5.5 billion. Just one month before Celsius filed a bankruptcy, Mashensky withdrew more than $10 million in cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. Several other company executives, including former strategy chief Daniel Leon and technology chief Nuke Goldstein, were also found to have taken similar actions. Hmm. hmm. Exactly. Before freezing customer funds, Mashinsky's Celsius was one of the most prominent players in the crypto market. That's Isn't that the great thing about blockchain technology? Is that everything's transparent, huh? Uh, well, um, almost everything. <laughs> Wait till the CBDCs come out. Jeez. Oh, uh, before freezing customer funds, Mashinsky's Celsius was one of the most prominent players in the crypto market, holding over $8 billion in client loans and almost $12 billion in assets under management. The firm had more than 1.7 million customers, with each being offered... Uh, returns of up to 17% of their crypto deposits. All right. Next is Stefan El Stefan Stefan Elrich. Stefan Elrich is the founder and CEO of the cryptocurrency cryptocurrency brokerage Voyager Digital. Days and after the Celsius bankruptcy, Voyager announced that it would be halting all customer withdrawals and trading. Hmm. It filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy four days later. It soon became apparent that one of the reasons for Voyager's collapse was a staggering $670 million loan to 3AC. To make matters worse, uh, all of the company's loans were included in, in an investor's call just a few weeks before the company's collapse, with documents showing that the loans had been collateral, collateralized in tiny portions. Other red flags worth highlighting, including an acquisition by the United States Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation that Voyager illegally claimed the agency insured it. Ouch. Mm -hmm. At its peak, Voyager had a whopping $5.8 billion in deposits in its coffers. More recently, Binance outlined its intention to buy out the troubled company. They pretty much just want their customers, right? Yeah. The past year, the... Uh, the past year has been rocky for the industry as for the new uh, New Year's approaches. As the New Year's approaches, 
uh, can the market bounce back even stronger and forge a better future for all its participants? Time will tell. That's it. We're done. Yep. Some bad news and some good news. Anyways, let's do a recap here with the Hodler's Digest from Cointelegraph. This is going to be a read again. Top stories this week, which is kind of reflecting what we would have had if we'd done crypto Twitter, but this is more or less not explicitly Twitter. And since we are kind of already talked about SBF, I'm going to skip that one. Caroline Ellison and Gary Wang played guilty to fraudulent charges. Former Alameda Research CEO Caroline Ellison and FTX co-founder Gary Wang have pleaded guilty to federal fraud charges. Ellison, however, is working on a plea deal with the Office of the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York, which would evade all seven charges against her, resulting in a quarter-million-dollar bail bond and prosecution only for criminal tax violations. The argument, uh, pardon me, the agreement doesn't provide protection against any other charges Ellison might face from any other authorities. Wang and Ellison are reportedly cooperating with U.S. authorities on investigations related to FTX's collapse. Genesis and DCG seek path for recovery of the assets amid liquidity issues. Global investment bank Hulan. Uh, bank Hulahan Loki has proposed a plan to resolve the liquidity issues at crypto lender Genesis and its parent company, Digital Currency Group, DCG. The plan, devised by Hulahan on behalf of the Committee of Creditors, would further provide a path for clients of crypto exchange Gemini to recover assets owned by Genesis and DCG. Genesis platform withdrawals have been suspended since November 16th, days after the company disclosed that it had $175 million of its funds stuck in FDX. Yeah, stuck. Mmm. Yeah. We, we, got, we all got snowed. I mean, you and I, John, got snowed by Alex Mashinsky, so. Mm-hmm. Binance.us to set to acquire Voyager digital assets for $1 billion U.S. dollars, a bid of 1.022, which is still rounded to a billion. Uh, I'd take that 0.22 if you don't need it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Binance sure, US sure. will acquire the assets of bankrupt crypto lender Voyager Digital. The sale, however, is subject to a creditor's vote and closing requirements. A hearing will also be held by the presiding bankruptcy court to offer the purchase agreement on January 5th, 2023. In good faith, Binance will agree has agreed to deposit $10 million and reimburse Voyager for certain expenses up to a maximum of $15 million. Twitter adds Bitcoin and ETH price indexes to search function. That's interesting. In its latest move in the crypto space, Twitter has added price indexes for Bitcoin and Ethereum to its search. The new feature allows users to simply search for the ticker symbol, whether for a stock or crypto, to check the price of the gra- the uh, check the price graph. Rather, other cryptocurrencies, including Dogecoin, did not make the list. Ironically, <laughs> but there may be more in the coming weeks. Winners and losers. Uh, this is just a recap. We already did this in an earlier thing. Here's some little quotes from Brian Armstrong. Regulation should focus on intermediaries, the centralized actors in cryptocurrency, where additional transparency and disclosure is needed. From a Web3 developer, this is why you have inst- have situations like Mango Exploit happen, where the exploiter will first steal the funds and then start negotiating. <laughs> There's no proper incentive to report. If you can make a wallet that a billion people use, that's a huge opportunity, says Vitalik Buterin. And then Alex Page of Nilion says, Decentralization will include blockchain as a foundational element, but other technologies will expand the potential in new ways that blockchain was never designed to do. Ryan Dennis says, Argentina is becoming a hub for bringing tech development and resources to Latin America from the rest of the world. And then 
Peter Smith of blockchain.com says, the most challenging thing for blockchain analytics firms working on this today is when money moves off chain and back into banking system because they're no longer able to track it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, this is FUD of the week. Regulation should focus on animator. Yeah, we already said that part. That was a quote from uh, Brian Armstrong. Anyways, um, this isn't really articles. This is just other things they've included along with this. So uh, with that, I'm not going to cover any other Hodler's Digest stuff because that's kind of, there really wasn't a whole lot going on this week because it was the week just before um, the Christmas break. And this week, which we're currently in here, Monday, Boxing Day, um, there's not a lot, probably not a whole lot going to be going on this week either since most people are on vacation still. So we thank everybody for coming and hanging out. We can see that uh, at least one comment this here was on Twitch. Our, this is probably our last episode of the year, right? Um, no, we got, no, we got one more. One got more one technically more. on Wednesday. So one more on Wednesday, and then the year will end, and we will start again probably on Sunday, the first or the second. We'll see. Almost done. Not a whole lot of news. Probably won't be very much news on Wednesday either. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So uh, thanks all for contributing on uh, on Twitch. We're glad to see we have commentary. Yes, I agree. Uh, Craig Wright is not all he says he is. And, and, and per this comment uh, that he released multiple fraudulent attempts to prove it, with many of which are, were noted in the court. Yes, uh, I think he is a liar. And I'm glad he's finally going to start shutting up about it. <laughs> and moving on with whatever else he's going to do. So... Uh, yeah, so let's uh, sign up for now. Thanks all for watching. Uh, please, if you like, check out our coin tree. There's lots of places you there you can donate. We appreciate any donate donations that you can spare. Uh, there's lots of different ways to donate. You can also check us out on Discord, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Spotify, and Anchor podcasts, as well as uh, come out and check us out. In, well, actually, I did mention Discord, but um, check out our Patreon and Reddit. And Odyssey is being depreciated, sadly. So... You can still use Odyssey, you just can't use it through odyssey.com. You have to go through library directly. And with that, we'll say, as we do at the end of every single show, stack sats and hodl. And hodl. Adios. Adios.